In the name of the true and living God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated, won't you? It is a profound joy to be with you here at St. James in Mormon Beach today. This is my third opportunity to be with you as a supply priest for your wonderful rector, Father Roy Allison, and I, I thank him for his kindness in inviting me and his trust placed in me to be with you as your celebrant and preacher today. This is a magnificent and wonderful parish, stunning the beauty of your sanctuary with these beautiful icons hanging. And every time I visit, there's just a a sense of the presence of God here that is really remarkable. And so Nancy and I, my wife Nancy is here with me and she's over there in the corner, but uh, it's, it's just a delight for us to be with you. So cheers. It's good to be here today. Just a quick introduction for those of you who do not know me. Again, my name is Father Rob Lord. I have had the privilege of being a priest for 40 years, and uh, my ministry has taken me around. I started in the Diocese of Southeast Florida. Then I was assistant in St. Mark's in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Uh, I was an assistant at St. David's in Lakeland, and then I started my around as rector of four parishes that took me really around the country. And I recently retired two and a half years ago as rector of All Saints Winter Park, where I served for about 11 and a half years. So it's fun to to continue on the journey and to be with you. It's a magnificent and wonderful journey. uh, And it's a delight, as I say, to be here with you. I want to speak about the invitation that Jesus brings to us to focus on a new way of life, a new kind of life, life at its very best, becoming a new kind of person and entering into another kind of life. And we see this throughout the scriptures. It's it's really prominent once you begin to recognize it and see it. I used to believe that the core of the message of the gospel was that Through Jesus Christ, I was forgiven of my sins, and I would be entering into eternal life one day when I went to heaven. And that is true, necessary, beautiful, right, holy, and good is the reality that Jesus died for the forgiveness of our sins. But as I began my journey and moved through my ministry over 40 years, I recognized that that was just the doorway That was the front door of the house. That there's a fullness and a beauty and a a mystery and a power and a glorious reality that it's not just the forgiveness of sins, but rather it is the impartation of a new humanity and another quality and kind of life that we can begin to enter into, know now and experience in a vivid, spiritually, psychological way. In other words, it's not just about believing the right things, but rather it is about the heart and the transformation and the impact of reality, God acting in our lives. And we see this illustrated again in this magnificent passage from the Apostle Paul in Philippians, which I'd like to share some points with you today. Magnificent passage. We hear it several times in the liturgical year. So again, the Apostle Paul is saying, if you have had any encouragement in Christ, any participation in the life of God, any experience of fellowship and love, 
Make my joy complete by having the same mind, this mind of Christ, this Christ focus. In other words, yes, it's wonderful to have tasted of the good news, but we must go on in the magnificent journey so that we can experience a focus and mind that transforms our lives. Have this mind within yourselves that you have in Christ Jesus. Do you know the mind is the most important thing about you? It's not your body. It's, that's important. But it's your mind. Because your mind is what allows you to make contact with reality. And what you focus upon, what you think about, what you place and fix your mind upon, which is your choice, a wonderful freedom God gave us, what you fix and set your mind upon will lead you through life. Where you put your mind, that's where you're going to go. You put your mind on negative darkness, that's where you're going to go. You put your mind on light and truth and beauty and goodness and joy, that's where you're going to go. And you focus on the life of Christ and you are invited to become a new human being. And you are invited to enter into another kind of life. And this mind or attitude in question is to become a loving servant, a loving servant for the good of others. This is how Jesus has described his mind. Even though he was God and in the form of God, he emptied himself. He let it go. He loosed it all. And he became a servant walking in humility in the truth of his human experience for the good of others. Humility and servanthood. Focus on the way of humility and servanthood. Not easy. A great challenge for us. It's not asking what would Jesus do so much as it is asking how would Jesus do it? And he would do it as a servant humble in heart, that others may know the blessing and love of God. You see, servanthood is a powerful position. It's not being a doormat. It's not being passive. It's a powerful position. One of my greatest illustrations of this kind of way of becoming a new human being is a man by the name of Ignatius of Loyola, who founded the Society of Jesus, the Jesuits. And one of the great joys in my life is that I've been recently looking at my ancestry and my DNA and those kinds of things. And I'm, I'm going to be really vulnerable and tell you the, that I'm 50% Scottish-Irish on the one hand, but I'm 35% Spanish and French on the other. And I love the Celtic tradition of the saints of God, St. Columba, St. Aidan, and I love the Spanish tradition in Spain, and especially Ignatius of Loyola. And I had a chance to be on pilgrimage with my family, with Nancy and my son, and we were driving up into northern Spain, into the Basque country, and they pulled a surprise on me, knowing that it was so important to me. They took me to Loyola to visit the birthplace and the place where this magnificent soldier 
who rather than living a humble life was an arrogant egotist and proud of his accomplishments until he got hit in the knee with a cannonball. And he began to think and pray and read about the lives of the saints. And every time he would kind of picture himself as this magnificent soldier and hero, he would feel really desolate. But every time he thought about Christ and the saints, he felt this sense of joy coming through him. And the greatest surrender of one of the, one of the most illustrious saints of God is he lays down his sword, he's converted and finds a new king and surrenders and empties his, his life and becomes Ignatius of Loyola. Here's a little prayer that comes from him that helps me in my challenge to be a humble servant. It's called the Susipi prayer. Take, Lord, and receive all my liberty, my memory, my understanding, and my entire will. All I have and call my own. You've given all to me. To you, Lord, I return it. Everything is yours. Do with it what you will. And here's the line that I love. Give me only your love and grace. And that is enough for me. (laughs) What a vision. What a beautiful vision. So I think we need to recognize that human solutions to the human challenges that we live in and that have always been present, human solutions really in the end will always fall short. And what we really need is a new kind of human being. And that's what God is seeking from you and from me, to become a new kind of human being who focuses their mind on the way of humility and servanthood. One more illustration about humility. A mentor of mine, teacher and professor of mine, Dr. Dallas Willard from the University of Southern California where he was a philosophy professor, said this is how he tries to work on humility. I don't know if any of you need any work on that, but I do. But he says the best recipe for humility is to really think about these things. The first is this. We need to stop pretending to be what we know we are not. Pretend. Don't pretend. Just don't pretend. Now, that's a challenge, but think about that. If you were to stop pretending and managing your appearance, (laughs) just stop pretending. You're, you're, You're not who you think you are. Number two, we need to stop presuming that we are more important than we really are. Right. And number three, we need to stop pushing our will onto others. Stop pretending, stop presuming and stop pushing. Work on those things and you'll grow in humility. Now, I know that these three things, every difficulty and challenge and failure in my life have been related in some respect to one of these three things. The invitation is to let them go. So Paul continues, therefore. We are to work out our salvation, knowing that God is at work within us to do and to will and to accomplish his purposes. Work out your salvation. So here's my second point. The first point that I've tried to clarify and make for you is that we are invited to become a new kind of human being. It's a process, a journey. We're never going to be perfect, but we can be better. And that is to focus our minds on the humility and servanthood of Christ. But the second invitation, 
that is in this text and is in the gospel is this. Paul says, work out your salvation. What? I thought it was free. It is free. It's by grace. It's God's love. He's done it all for you. However, it can be expanded. It needs to grow. It needs to become to f- come to fulfillment. It needs to be complete. And that's something that you must be a part of. What is salvation? As I said earlier, I think many people believe that salvation is simply, if I say the right thing, believe the right thing, my sins will be forgiven, my ticket will be punched, and I'll be on my way when I die. But the rest of my life, it's up to me. Now, that's a caricature. Again, understand, I believe deeply in the forgiveness of sins. But Jesus announced a gospel where he said, here's the gospel, the good news. Rethink the way that you're living in light of the fact, this new fact that has never been here before, that the reign and realm of God is now available to you. He's saying, another kind of life is yours. I've come that you might have another kind of life and to have it more fully. See, the gospel is about life, a new life that we can begin to know and interact with now. But we must work it out. That means we must focus and seek it. See, God is acting in your life today. God is acting in my life. God's action is his grace. Grace is God acting in your life and in mine to accomplish what we really can't do on our own. But to know it interactively and and in a sense psychologically vibrant that God is acting. God's grace is acting in you and you can act with him. So many ways God has acted. He'll act in your life today in so many ways, but you have to see it and seek it. Another little illustration, and I'm getting close to the end. We have a beautiful granddaughter by the name of Charlotte. She's three years old. And she lives in Bavaria. So we can't see her too much at the moment. But we get videos. And our son and his wife sent us a video of Charlotte. And they live, you know, with the Alps surrounding them. And so there's this video, and and Charlotte is looking out a window, and my son is pointing up the mountain to a rainbow that is right over the mountain. And Charlotte says these words, Look, if you climb the mountain, you can touch it, and then you can come down. And her mother says, this is her first rainbow. And she turned around for the camera and said, yes, it's my first rainbow. Do you like the rainbow? Yes, so much. That was God acting. God's love. And the rainbow went away and she had a meltdown. (laughs) But my point is this. If we open ourselves and our eyes... We'll see God acting all the time. Don't take these things for granted. They're real. Let me close with this. I think this invitation to focus on the humility and servanthood of Christ to become a new kind of human being, I think that this invitation to see salvation not just as the forgiveness of sins, but 
entering into another kind of life is really about a transforming friendship with God. And no matter what we face in this world, no matter what the challenges may be, no matter how we suffer in this world, his love, his love will carry us. One of my great Scottish treasures is a folk artist by the name of Doogie MacLean, and he wrote a song called This Love Will Carry. These days are golden. They must not waste away. Our time is like that flower and soon it will decay. And though by storms we're weakened, uncertainty is sure. And like the coming of the dawn, it's ours forevermore. This love will carry. This love will carry me. I know. I know this love will carry me. Amen.